Oh, okay. Before we start, I got a funny story from work. Okay. Um, do you watch Rick and Morty? I do. You remember the character Mr. Poopy Butthole? Yep. So, Funko sells uh, Rick and Morty action figures. Yep. And uh, my friend really likes Mr. Poopy Butthole, because he, he liked that episode, but he just thinks the character's funny. And I saw the action figure at Target, so I let him know, like, hey, dude, they got Poopy Butthole at Target. So he's <laughs> he's all excited. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you see the problem here, because he... <laughs> He's a he's a funny guy because he gets like excited easily. Sure. Um he was in the Marines actually and he has like some PTSD problems. So sometimes he can get worked up. So he went to the Target and he looked in the toy aisle and he couldn't find any Rick and Morty toys. So he went over to the electronics where they have like pop culture junk and he couldn't find it there. But there's an employee there, so he walked up to the employee and said, "Hey, do you have a Mr. Poopy butthole?" And the guy was like, what? Uh, what? So, do you have a poopy butthole? And so the guy like stared at him for a bit and then eventually said, uh, I'm going to go. Um, let me go check. He goes into the back and then comes back with the manager and the manager's like, uh, hi, can I help you? Yeah, I'm looking for a poopy butthole. Oh, man. Uh, and so. <laughs> so the manager said, yeah, I heard you were harassing one of my employees. And so now my friend's getting kind of defensive because it it dawns on him what he's saying and how awful it sounds. Right. So now he he kind of has a mini panic attack and can't properly explain the misunderstanding. Oh no. So instead of explaining, no, it's a, I'm talking about an action figure from the show Rick and Morty, what my friend says is like, "No, no." He he goes, "Ooh-wee! Ooh-wee!" Oh, and then no. the manager asked him to leave, and like he he actually used to work at Target, so he recognized how security was following him to make sure that he left. Oh jeez! And it's he's not sure if he can actually go back to that store anymore. Aw, and it's just <laughs> the, the story is one part funny and one part really kind of sad. I I mean I don't think it was that bad. Probably um, not. I think it was worse in his head, and he's, like, calmed down about it, because, I mean, he was laughing about it at work all day, but... Okay, that's good. <laughs> there are worse it's ways just... to get thrown out of a target, I guess. Well, just, I mean, if you were stocking shelves, like, let's say you're putting away the sweaters, would you want someone to walk up and say, do you have a poopy butthole? Probably not. That would be... I don't know how I'd process so, that. It's hard to process. At the same time, I watch Rick and Morty and might... That might be the first place my head goes to, so it's hard to tell. Well, that's just your opinion, and opinions are cheap. And I'm Cameron, and you're Chad. Yay, you introduced us. I like it. How's how's your day going? It's It's been a weird week. Um, <clears throat> I've kind of talked to you about this off the air, but we're big ISO audit for the company next week. So, of course, this is the week where we all we, we get prepared for it, not, you know, three months ago. Because if, if we fail the audit, we, we lose major status and we could lose customers. So, you know, let, let's do this the, the couple days before. Get everything ready, not not prepare properly. And, yeah, it's been, it's been stressful in just, like, the yeah. dumbest way possible. I can imagine. I don't know why people – it's like that high school mentality of, like, well, I'll just do it the day before. Like, for some people, it just, like, it just never leaves. Yeah. It's something that you don't necessarily grow out of. And I kind of feel like I did because I, I couldn't really do that in college because you'd have like these big papers that would take way too long to get done. So you'd have to start them a week prior. Or you're just not going to get them done. It's not feasible for everybody else. It's like, oh, well, let's let's do our a test audit like four days before the real audit. It's like, fuck face. We wanted you to do this a month ago. Yeah, but that's uh that's corporate America for you. Yeah. I don't know. Our department's been kind of a good sport about it because, like, there's only so much you can do at that point. So it's like, ah, let's just laugh and see how much we can get done. Uh, well, I mean, as long as there's not a terrible pressure about it, but it's still kind of frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I know how that goes. And I don't know. I'm drinking wine out of a bottle, and I can't tell if that makes me an alcoholic or really efficient. Well, it means you're an innovator. Yeah, you cut out the middleman. I did cut out the middleman. I don't have to wash a glass now. Yeah, that's you're conserving water now. 
I am. You're a saint. I'm great. I'm the best. Hi, everyone. You're the best person I know. <laughs> now, you came up with a good topic for this week. I thought you came up with the topic. You came up with the topic, but I recommended the movie that we watch. Yeah. I came up with... Okay. I'll say I'll take credit for it if you think it's good. Oh, yeah. Because I think... At least on the internet, a lot of people like bad movies, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, except The Room. I haven't seen The Room. Well, you can talk about The Room, but... You've never seen The Room? I have not seen The Room. That's like a staple. I know. I feel real bad. I've never seen Troll 2 either, which apparently is also just hilariously shit. Oh, yeah. That's that's on the list, too. Um, but that's part of the phenomenon. Like, the fact that there's a list of bad movies you're supposed to watch. Right. I, I, and, and Fateful Findings should be on that, which is the movie we did watch for for this on your recommendation yeah do you want to do you want to talk about what you like about bad movies or should we just rail into fateful findings for five minutes it's it's hard i'm not sure because i almost feel like we should like define some terms or something but it's really hard to like like what makes a bad movie really bad but also just endearing as fuck that you're like this is amazing people should watch this yeah that's a good question and um I wish I could find it, but somewhere it disappeared. But uh, a few months ago, someone did a study and found that people that like bad movies actually tend to have a higher IQ. Hmm. And it was interesting because there's there's more than one reason that is. And for some people, it's like a guilty pleasure where if you if you read Shakespeare and watch Citizen Kane and you know, like you kind of feel this pressure to be like cultured. And then it's like, well, let's just watch something stupid like Transformers 5. Right. And then it's like you turn off for a minute. And it's a break that you don't normally get. Yeah, I can see that. But then there's another part that if you study film or even just storytelling or any kind of art, you can look at bad art and inside your brain works to critique it. Like you think about the camera shots like, oh, that's actually a good shot. Why are they standing funny? Or... That writing was awful. Why didn't they just say something like this or that? Yeah. You, you can pick it apart and you can you can watch something like The Room and you laugh at the bad acting, but an intellectual might sit there and really contemplate the script and say, what is he trying to communicate here? What was that scene? And it becomes a fun thought exercise. Yeah. <clears throat> and we definitely had that when we were watching Faithful Findings. Man, um, Faithful Findings is great. And yeah. I think my favorite thing about it is it's on YouTube. So anyone at home, just go ahead and type in Fateful Findings full movie, and it's pretty much the first result on YouTube. Man. I don't know. I look at, like, like bad movies. Like, there's something kind of fun about, like, just watching a, a, just a disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't, I don't exactly, I don't know how to articulate why that can be really fun, but because you're, you're not laughing with it, you're laughing at it. But you're still laughing, and I guess that's, you know, there's two thumbs up right there. Laughing is good. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a little bit of a, a mean spirit that goes along with watching bad movies sometimes. Yeah. I know... You wanted to talk about Fateful Findings a little bit? Yeah, we, we should definitely dig into that movie, because holy shit, that movie is something special. So, a little backstory. Uh, it's written, directed, acted and catered by a man by the name of Neil Breen, who I believe is a real estate agent. And he kind of just does movies in his free time because it's fun. He never went to film school. He claims that he's never properly studied film. Oh, shit. Yeah, it kind of shows. And also a lot of the props (laughs) are like, you can tell that they came out of model homes because he's done, I think, three or four movies now. And there's a... There's a common theme that in these movies, he has like three or four laptops that don't actually turn on. God, that was so funny. It was like, like, like the one dude does not need like three or four laptops in his office like next to me, all spread out by him. But then he just fucking knocks them all on the floor and they break. It makes no sense. Well, and it's what's great is that he'll it's the definition of a Mary Sue where in his movies this main guy is just, he he's a very average looking American guy. And he's like in his forties or something, right? Yeah. Maybe fifties. And he's just sort of, you know, he's not like a huge actor and he'll, he'll be on the phone and he'll say, 
I am the world's best writer, and you cannot talk to me that way. I will finish the book on my terms. I am very busy. And then he'll, like, clack on his keyboard for a bit, not really pushing keys. Yeah, it's just completely it's random just... what he's hitting, and you can tell he's not typing words. And then he'll put the phone down and then just, like, sigh and rub his temple for a little bit. And it's like, oh, look, he's he's uh, communicating emotion right now, and it's adorable. Yeah, and it really is adorable. Like, I'm kind of, like, proud of that dude. Because making a movie, there's no way that's easy. Like, the, the logistics involved, the money involved. And the dude, and I he think I mentioned does everything. It. Good on him. Well, he does. I mean, he did a lot of legwork, and this is a feature-length film. It's longer than The Room. It's an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, it's a commitment. and Half an hour uh, longer than it needs to be. <laughs> it, it probably is. I mean, it, it could have used a, a second pass on the script. It could have been edited. It wouldn't be a terrific movie. You know, it's still amateur-y, but... I think I said more than once while we were watching it together that it kind of inspired me to humor the idea of making my own movie. It's like, if, if he could do it, I could. It, yeah. Like, I would be like, man, I could do like a 10-minute horror film or some shit like that on a shoestring budget if I had an idea. I, I know how to hold a camera. This fucker knows how to hold a camera. He made a movie. Yeah. And it's like, that's almost the fun of bad movies is... I don't know, like, you'll never you'll never be Tom Cruise, but you could be Neil Breen. Yeah, and the cool thing, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, his bad movie probably costs, like, at most $100,000. And that's gotta be stretching it a bit. Because I imagine all the actors were just his friends and he didn't really pay him anything. Probably, but like you pointed out, too, it's like they have a shot in the hospital... And they go to different locations, and there's more than one house, and there's a lot of prop work. And yeah, the hospital scene looked really good. I mean, those those look like real pieces of hospital machinery and equipment, the IV bag and everything. Um, yeah, that might not have actually been a set. Like he he might have actually like gotten permission to film somewhere, like in a nursing home or something. And it's like you know he actually went out and made a movie. Yeah, and you you have to give a little bit of credit. Despite how just disjointed and bizarre the pacing is. Yeah, God, the pacing. The character work is... I mean, like, from a storytelling perspective, it's pretty much a complete disaster. The plot doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, there's no plot. Yeah, I mean, it's like you, 40 it, minutes it, it in, he's changing. like, I've hacked all of the big government banks. I know every secret, and I'm going to put them in a book. And his wife... It doesn't go, that's fucking insane, what's wrong with you? She's like, that's so dangerous, you could get hurt. Well, also, she forgets this, and he forgets that he told her this, and he repeats himself later and says, I hacked into all the governments, and we're going to t tell the truth and stuff. And then her response is, I'm very busy at the bank. I need those pills. mm 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 and you, you kind of have to wonder if they spliced different scenes together. Maybe. Or like, what, what, what am I missing? You know, like, a couple well, scenes seem edited backwards. Yeah, it's like bizarre. that one. Yeah, that one scene with the with the the girl. Um, I can't remember what she was about. It, she like snuck into his house and like was taking a bath in his bathtub because she wanted to fuck him. I think. Yeah. No, no, it was Which... it was no, it was a different scene where where someone got shot. <laughs> God, that and, movie. Oh, and this is. A major spoiler, but really it doesn't matter. The The guy gets shot by his wife, and the daughter runs in, and then just stands there with a plain face, staring at the mother holding a gun, and she says, you shot him. And then it cuts, and then she's like struggling. It's like, dad, dad, no, and he's holding her back, and it's like, it, 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 the pacing is like it was literally backwards, but then he was like, oh, they read the script wrong, I'll fix it. Yeah. Um, and he didn't think about the emotion part of it. He was just looking at the words or something. Which is really weird because I, I do, at work, I film training videos on occasion. And I actually script them out for the most part and, you know, get people together. And it's like, okay, we we got to film how this machine functions. You know, we got we to gotta film you pushing the buttons and we're going to walk through exactly how to turn this on and set it up. And then you go back and you, you're, you're editing the footage and you're like, oh, this shot sucks. 
But in my case, I just go get a different one. I get the guys back together. I don't, you know, it's like, okay, we're in a blue shirt this time. That's going to stick out, but who cares? Let's film you pushing that button again, but I'll, I'll, it'll be in focus this time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I guess he probably didn't have that luxury to do that. <laughs> um, and, and it's just, like you said, it's a very big project. So yeah. there's some things where I'm sure at some point uh, he was editing everything together and he went, oh, no, this looks awful. I got to save this somehow. And he kind of forced an edit and said, well, it's as good as it's going to get because I can't get Sandra back or whatever. You know what? I'll give him props for his audio work because audio is a fucking bitch to edit. And- you know what? I, I, You're right. I don't think I could actually critique him for the sound mixing. It's perfect. Like it sounds like it sounds like a professional movie. Like all the acting is bad and all the dialogue is bad, but the audio quality well, It's so not bad that I didn't notice it. And I think that speaks volumes that it was done correctly. Yeah. Cause I've watched this movie now I think six times. That's so crazy. And you watched it half a time? Yeah. Well I watched an hour of the hour and forty, so yeah, half a time about. Well, plus the ending, which is so off script like they were not at all building towards this but at the ending it just kind of cuts to the sequence where he's at a podium in front of like the capitol building a very obvious green screen of the capitol building well what's great about the capitol building shot is they found like you went if you go to a google image and type in capitol building you get one like picture that's the picture they used for the green screen no matter what angle the camera was at oh nice so it cuts to people yeah, it cuts to like people that are standing in front of him listening, and it's the same building. And then it cuts to a sniper that's hiding in a bush across the street that's going to shoot him. And behind the sniper is the same building at the same front angle. Oh man, I gotta like go back and look at this because I didn't it's, notice that at all. That's amazing. It's bizarre, and you have to. I mean, really, I recommend everybody look up Fateful Findings. Just pick a random scene, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But at the very minimum, watch the ending because it's it's very uh, <laughs> unique. It's it's so inconsistent with the rest of the movie, which is kind of saying something because the movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense from beginning to end. Right, because he's the world's best author based on one book he sold. Also, he hacked all the governments. Also, he's magic, like he gets hit by a car. And then heals himself. Yeah, th- and he talks to ghosts, and then he heals himself. Well, we talked to a ghost like, at some point, huh? Yeah, a couple times. What, do you remember the second psychiatrist that was that little lady that lived in the broom closet? No. Yes. Yeah, and, and they sat, like, right up next to each other. Yeah, well, most of the... God, that, that just brings me back to, like, the some of the cinematography where, like, every time someone's talking, like, it's just like a close-up of people's faces, like, the whole movie. It's yeah. so uncomfortable. Well, she was a ghost. Oh, okay. There's a scene. I wish you watched this one. Because I, I don't know where he is, but it's like he's out walking in the desert, and he's walking around for a while. And then, without any prompt, it cuts back to her sitting in that broom closet by herself. And she just fades away, and it cuts back to him in the desert, and you don't know what the significance of that scene was. Awesome. It's beautiful. I love how no one acts like a real person in that movie. Like, the whole thing is like a, if like the, like an alien trying to mimic human culture. Well, like, the, uh, he has a friend and the wife. Yeah. And they're, they're like on the rocks, but they never illustrate it well. It's just that he'll say, hey, do you want a beer? And she'll say, you're drunk. And he'll say, we don't make love anymore. And then she'll say, I'm very busy at the bank that I also work at. And I have a headache. And I'm just, I'm so busy. While she's just like lounging on a couch. Yeah. And then, and then like the next scene, he's working on the car. And then she's yelling at him. like, you don't give me attention anymore. And it's like, you just told him to go away. Yeah. And there's no like weird, there's no time passage there so it feels like it's literally five seconds later like it's just cutting to a different part of their house and not like and it feels six like six days first draft. or something yeah yeah it and then <laughs> so when he dies there's no grieving or mourning and they just they move on with the movie as if he wasn't a character 
there's really no consequences to anything. Cause I mean, the dude gets hit by a car, at all. and then it's just like ten minutes later he's at home and he's like, oh, yeah, I just left the hospital. I'm fine now. And he's got like blood yeah, falling like, from his face, and he's like, nah, this is and, this is fine. And the wife is like on on the phone with somebody. He's like, yeah, he's just he's fine. Uh, so do you want to come over for dinner next week? Yeah, we would love it. I don't. I don't know how a, a a person who lives in society and deals with people writes this and is like, this is this is normal. And I was telling my brother about this movie. He's like, are you sure it's not a comedy? Because the way you're describing it is really funny. Like all of this stuff is absurd. Do you think it's a comedy? Like it's just playing it really fucking straight. No, and actually, the room trailer labels it as a comedy. Yeah, because they kind of had to like salvage it somewhere. Because I know, like, Tommy Wiseau was like, no, this isn't a comedy, this is a drama about the human condition or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like this He's... movie is the same, it just doesn't... Ha- and and one thing that The Room does is that Tommy Wiseau is such a character because he has this weird accent, and he's so inhuman, whereas Neil Breen is just this average everyman that you can actually, like, kind of relate to in a sad way, where it's like, yeah, you know, I wish I was, you know my own boss. I wish I did hack all the governments and I had the truth and I could save the world. I wish yeah. I could cure that person of cancer just by holding their hand. It's like it's it, <laughs> it's a it's a different movie than The Room, but you have to draw parallels. I, I'm guessing The Room was made on a pretty shoestring budget too. It was. And even The Room, it has like I want to say like three different uh, sets, or maybe two, takes place in two rooms. It should have been called the rooms. Well, no, it takes place on like the roof of the building, and then the street corner outside the building, which is weird because it looks like a fake set, and it's like, why didn't you just go on a street corner? Yeah, I've seen enough clips of it where I, I basically know the plot and all of the funny bits of that movie because of YouTube. I've just never but seen it one, all in sequential order. Yeah, but one thing about The Room is it has a plot. And okay. Fateful Findings just does not. No, it's weird. Like, how do you write a movie and then and fucking forget the plot? Well, I feel like this had to be a first draft that he didn't show to anybody. You think the actors would have been like, hey, can we uh, can we talk about this real quick, bro? I think the actors are like, oh, you're making another movie? Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm. I'll bring the beer. <laughs> I know I recently watched the movie Moonlight, which is so not in this wheelhouse at all because it's actually a really good movie, one you know, best picture. But it doesn't mm-hmm. really have a plot because it's just like about someone's life and and the decisions that person makes and kind of how they affect him long term. Well, like, uh, what's that genre of anime? Uh, slice of Life. Yeah, Slice of Life is very popular right now, where it's like nothing critical really happens. There's not necessarily like a climax or a beginning, middle, end. It'll just be, like, on the way home from school, uh, they stopped by the arcade, and then they made a friend. And it's like, man, I'm sure glad I made a friend today. And some of that can be... And even that, well, it can be cohesive. Yeah. You can relate to the characters, and they can feel human. And Fateful Findings is, like, a series of random sentences. Like, his wife is addicted to pills for no reason. And then she kills herself by eating too many pills. And then he literally just puts his new girlfriend right into the bed there as if she never existed. Like, it's just very disjointed and bizarre. I know there's a point where, like, it's trying to establish that the pills are his from something or other. He's well, like, where are my crash. pills? And and then he looks at them, and he's like, I don't need these. And he dumps them down the toilet. And he was just, like, <laughs> yeah, screaming he's... for him like, three seconds earlier. He was, he was in pain. I need my pills. And then as soon as it's in his hand, nah. I'm going to, no more pills. I'm better than this. But just like the way he delivered the line, he's like, I don't need these. You know, just like he's like disgusted mm-hmm. that they're in his hand now, even though he was just crying for them like a bit ago. And, it just, and it's so you know, for all. Yeah, but I mean, for all the listeners at home, I do want to clarify. I am a very talented actor. So when I deliver these lines, that's how the movie actually sounds. Very it's plain. True and boring and like they're reading the script and the drunk guy he's it's like he's never actually drunk anything or seen someone else that was drunk yeah 
because he was just kind of he would bob his head and shrug and bob his head a lot and then someone would say you're drunk yeah it was uh it was it was something special so fateful findings uh as far as bad movies go i have to recommend it because it's one of these that you can really you can scratch your head and pull your hair out and then fast forward to the end and could say well i tried yeah, it, I don't know. It, it's it's just one of those things where like, I feel like it's like the movie equivalent of some like, oh, I saw a really gross video of a dude popping a pimple on his back. You should watch it. Oh yeah, I yeah I know that's a good way to put it up. And I don't know, like, just it's just like a societal thing. This fascination, you know, with with something weird, something gross, something wrong. You know, like, hey, the yeah. bathroom smells really bad. You should go take a look, you know, kind of thing. Um, I've maybe been there before, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what causes that, if that says something deep about the human condition, or if it's just people are fucking silly. I guess there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's natural. What, uh, I remember you mentioned last time um, a couple movies that are kind of guilty pleasures for you. Um, I guess, like, my other, like, really favorite bad movie is Dragon Ball Evolution. Yay! Which is... Yeah. Yay! Which which is weird, though, because that movie's got a budget behind it. Like, That's, a studio that almost makes it worse. Millions. I know, right? Like, Fable Findings is this quaint homebrew thing, whereas Dragon Ball Evolution was, you know, millions of dollars. It was focus-tested, I'm sure. There's studio audiences that are like, hey, you know, what do you think? And, it got like at least one actor who knows how to act. He had to have cost money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's something about that movie, and I think part of it is it just gets the source material so fucking wrong. Well, and do you do you remember the controversy of the uh, the actor that played Piccolo? No. He he was a very big Dragon Ball fan. Okay. And he especially loved Piccolo, and so this was like a dream role for him. And apparently he was very difficult to work with on the script because he he would not like personally sign off on the makeup and the costume design and the lines. And he 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 fought the director a lot and they really had to force him to read the script the way it was written. I'm honestly not surprised. I mean, the dude looked like a shitty Power Rangers villain, but I just feel so bad for him because it's like he <laughs> there were there's some hardcore fans that were looking forward to that movie and it's like oh man that was awful but imagine having your name on it yeah and you know better god damn i don't i don't know what it is about that movie either like i've seen it a couple times like well, like twice maybe two and a half you know but it's on hbo or something and you watch a little bit mm-hmm. but it's just that i don't think like, any of the lines are delivered well like it's so badly acted it's so stupid nothing makes any sense and, and there's no point. There's like no, they, yeah. they they struggle to make you understand what's going on. And if you're a hardcore fan, then you know. And if you've never seen it before, you have nothing to work with. And they don't do anything for either of those audiences. Yeah. And I mean, the action stuff's not very good either. It's barely passable because of the, that too. the CG. You and know, stuff. that was that was maybe the one good part of a. Uh, the the last airbender movie um instead of hiring competent actors they hired kung fu kids that knew how to do kung fu stuff okay. and it's like they're kind of banking on well let's make a kung fu movie where you're not coming in for the plot you want to see cool stuff happen sure and they were actually like they were kind of capable of doing stuff but then there's not actually a lot of action in the movie okay and that's a it was a awesome. misfire for more than one reason but I remember when that one was coming up, people were like, man, Shyamalan's going to try something completely different. He's going to be doing genre fiction. There's not going to be a crazy twist. Maybe this is what he needs to bring his career back. And wah, I was like, wah. nope. Fucking no. Oh, here's another good movie. A bad movie. Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 classic Manos to the Hands of Fate. Have you seen that one? No, but I love the title. It's a uh, it's a lot like Fateful Findings, where some guy said, "I don't need Hollywood. I can make my own movie," and so he writes and directs and stars in Manos, The Hands of Fate. 
which is this weird movie about a guy and his family on a road trip and they pull off the road somewhere and he like they kind of get tied into this weird uh uh what's the word necromancy cult oh fun where there's this guy who's like the master and he can like brainwash people and make them they're they're like brain slaves that's very poorly defined what's actually going on and one of my favorite scenes and they make fun of it on mr science theater it's one of the best episodes but there's a couple scenes where there's a little house they're in and a character will walk in the front door like there's a door on the side a stage left he opens the door walks in and he'll say the lines and then he'll go, well, I'm going to go outside and check on the little girl lady now. And then he'll just walk right towards the camera because he's just he's getting off the set. Oh, awesome. And it happens more than once. <laughs> and it kind of makes you wonder, like, did they did they try to establish that there's another door there? Or did they really just keep forgetting how stage works? That's great. Like, I want to see a Broadway play where Spider-Man's like, well, I'm done, and he just gets in the audience and takes a seat. He's like, oh, I'm <laughs> up again. awesome. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so whimsical. He's engaging the audience, and they get praised for it, but... Yeah. I guess, and I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of movies that are, that are like, the whole good-bad movie thing. And it, it's so hard to do, because I can think of bad movies, and I can think of movies I like that Maybe aren't good, but they're still not bad. And and yeah, and a, a little bit of this is a uh, opinion, right? But there's a line where everybody can kind of agree that the room is awful. Sure. But there's also like a oh boy. Well, okay. Here's a uh, here's one of my favorite bad movies that I like to watch, but it's not necessarily awful. I just think it rubs people the wrong way, and then I kind of enjoy it for what it tried to be. Okay. But that would be Halloween 3. Okay. I don't think I've seen that. I know I haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. So what I love about Halloween 3 is it's called Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And have you seen the first Halloween or two? No. Right oh, not. man. Uh, I've wow. had a lot of big gaps in my movie lexicon. That's a little surprising. So Halloween one, uh, there's like a crazy guy and he's stalking the girl on Halloween and he's got a knife. Look out. Oh, no, he's going to kill you. Oh, no. And it's this very uh, accomplished uh, set piece on uh, what's the word? Uh, suspense. OK. It, it does such a great job using music. And just the direction, like there's a lot of scenes where you see the guy standing in the Halloween mask across the street, staring in the window, and she just never notices. And at some point, like she'll walk by and block the view for two seconds and like grab something and go away and he's gone. And it's, it's terrifying. Like, where'd he go? I like, she doesn't know he's there. What's going to happen? And they do such a good job setting up this character that never says anything. And it's terrifying. Sure. And in Halloween 2, they pick up right where the first one kind of left off. And it's like, oh no, he escaped. And then it happens again. Like, next Halloween, um, he's he like he comes back for revenge. And it's not as good, but it's in the same vein. So it's like, okay, that was fun. Halloween 3, uh, it's not a sequel. At all. Okay. What they did... <laughs> I, I almost don't want to spoil too much, but I kind of have to explain the movie. They they have this guy that works at a hospital. I think he might actually be a doctor. And he comes home, and his kids are all excited about Halloween, and they have this weird commercial on the TV about the uh, Silver Shamrock. And Silver Shamrock is a company that sells Halloween masks, and there's this weird ad campaign where they use... Uh, public domain songs to advertise because that was in the budget <laughs> and it's like um what are the words like uh 
Four more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Four more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. And you hear that so many times during the movie. It's grating. And the whole, like, campaign is, like, make sure, kids, you get your silver shamrock mask and make sure you wear it on Halloween. We're going to have a special surprise. And there's this mystery where someone mysteriously dies. And the doctor kind of gets involved in it and, like, kind of turns detective because he's curious. And it's like, well, you know, this was this was suspicious. Like, someone murdered this guy and the police aren't looking into it. Like, what's going on? And so he tracks the, you know, all the clues and it goes back to the Silver Shamrock mask factory. So he goes there, and he, he kind of gets involved, and as it turns out, the uh, <laughs> there's this great scene where someone on the tour gets the mask, and she, she drops the mask, and the tag comes off, so she's looking at the tag, and there's a computer chip. And it's like, well, why is there a computer chip on the tag for this little mask? So she's like poking at it and a laser beam shoots out of the computer disc and it blows like a hole in her face oh, geez. and then like spiders and snakes crawl out of the hole. Huh? And it's like, what's going on? And then as it turns out, like they do an experiment inside the factory where they have a kid uh, watching the the commercial and he has the mask on. And, like, it gives out this signal where it's just, like, beeping. And then the mask, it's like a, it's just a stupid, like, jack-o'-lantern face. Okay. But then it turns into a real jack-o'-lantern, and the kid's head rots, and a bunch of poisonous snakes come out. And the poisonous snakes attack the parents and kill them. (laughs) And it's like, what is going on? And so, as it turns out, uh, the people behind this whole thing are, like, some kind of uh, satanic worshippers that found this, like, portal to hell that was given to them by either aliens or Stonehenge. As you do. And, yeah, and, like, I think everybody's a robot except for one guy, and the robots are, like, replacing people, like, they're pod people, because the guy's, like, the guy's girlfriend turned out to be a robot... And, like, tries to kill him in the car when he's escaping. And it's so far removed from the first two movies, where it was just, it was a guy stalking a girl. Yeah, I can see why that would piss people off. Like, the the movie itself actually sounds pretty fun. Well, that's the sad part. The ending is terrific, because what happens is the guy finally gets away, and he gets to a gas station, and he runs in, and he's telling the gas attendant, like, I, I gotta make a phone call. I have to, I have to stop the, I have to stop the, the Halloween and he's like calling up the networks. He's like, "You have to pull the the Silver Shamrock ad. Don't play the ad. It's going to kill everyone. Don't do it." And and the network doesn't believe him. It's like, "You have to do it. Trust me." And they have the TV on, and then the commercial cuts out. And then he goes to the next com- the the next channel, and he calls up that company. He's like, "Guys, you have to turn it off. You have to turn it off." And they turn it off, and then they go to the next channel. And he calls them up. He's like, "Guys, you have to turn off the commercial. It's going to kill everyone." Guys, you have to turn it off. Turn it off. And the it never cuts off. And you just hear the whole commercial playing, and he's there in a gas station, like, screaming at the TV, knowing that this is going to be happening all over the country. And then it ends there. Damn. That's a good That's a and good ending like, for a horror movie. Well, it is. And so, the sad truth, and, and even there's a part where he's in a bar, and there's a commercial for Halloween, where it has the good music playing. And it's like, Halloween, make sure you watch it tonight. Cause it's and it has like Mike Myers coming down the stairs and it's like don't reference the good movie in the middle of your bad one. You know this probably wasn't written to be a Halloween movie and they're just like well we can't sell it with whatever goofy title like it's probably called like Shamrock Shake or something. Well, no, what it was is Halloween as a concept for movies. It was supposed to be like the Twilight Zone, where every year they release a new separate story. Oh, okay. And the misstep was Halloween 2 picked up the same story. Oh. And then they're like, well, let's shift gears now. And so no one was expecting it, and it got really bad reviews. That's too bad. It is too bad. And the, the there were two directors, and one of them said, yeah, we should have just called it Season of the Witch and not called Halloween, and it would have been fine. 
Yeah. And then the other director is like, no one understood my vision. Why? Oh, <laughs> uh, that sucks. Cause, uh, it does. It sounds like it's a pretty fun movie. And it's, it's one of those, if you I don't like have it. any attachment to the series, it's probably pretty good. And the, the acting isn't great. The scary parts aren't great. But then it kind of comes together in this neat way. And it's very, uh, I don't know, it's sad. <laughs> but it's not the worst thing in the world. Sure. Um, if you if you don't have that attachment and you're not looking for the same quality as the first movie, yeah, it's fine. But if you care about that stuff, this becomes the most offensive sequel ever. Yeah. So it falls into this weird, you know, bad movie territory. I mean, I guess like Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection are like that for a lot of fans because they're so different, you know, from the first two movies and it the quality's definitely not there. So you talk to a lot yeah, of fans. Yeah, still fans and, and that if hate you're able to appreciate them for what they are. Yeah, then it is fun. I really like Alien Three and Alien Resurrection um, for you know varying reasons. I think Alien Three is a pretty decent thriller. I like what it does to some of the the tropes involving Ripley in terms of how she's handled and how the the alien treats her. And then yeah. I, Alien Resurrection's fucking bizarre, but I think it's bizarre in a good way. Well, it's like uh, Teen Titans and then Teen Titans Go. People get really offended that they rebranded it as a comedy, but it's like, it's a separate show. You can't compare them. Yeah. And it rubs people the wrong way, so it doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I guess, like, I, I remember really enjoying the first Teen Titans cartoon, you know, back in middle school or high school, whenever that was out. Um, and so seeing it come back as, like, a, a, a comedy with a really kind of goofy art style. I, there's a certain level of like, eh, but there's also like, I don't know, DC doing something that isn't dark as fuck is kind of cool too. Well, yeah, and it actually is kind of smart. I've never actually watched a full episode, but I've seen bits and pieces on YouTube, and it seems like it definitely if, hits the comedy aspect really well. Yeah, if I could handpick like a handful of episodes, I would put together a playlist that you'd enjoy, but it would maybe be like five max sure because it's uh it's kind of the same thing like the characters kind of have these quirky tropes to them and i think if you watch a show like once a week or if you're a kid and you like repetition it's fine but it has these smart moments in it makes sense you got any more bad movies you want to share um i don't know about movies but uh because like i said a lot of the ones i'm thinking of like they're either just bad or they're not bad enough to be like so bad it's good. Or I like them but they're they have problems but they're still like a good movie or an adequate movie. Um but the thing I do Titanic. <laughs> the the thing I do watch a bit of is is uh gone back into I watch an anime because uh, Crunchyroll is pretty great. And there are a lot of storytelling problems in anime. Especially the shonen stuff. Do you think that's a translation problem or a culture problem? Almost, like, do they just like different stories? I almost there think it what? has to be just like the way they handle exposition and stuff. It it makes me think it's a culture problem. But then you watch like a really good anime, like Spice and Wolf or uh, Your Lion April, and they don't just, they just don't have the the exposition problems in those. Oh, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, there's another one. There's no. It doesn't beat you over the head with, with useless facts like something like Bleach might do. Right. Um, but me and my brother, you know, we we kind of pick random stuff for, you know, what the internet's talking about. And you can tell, like, if we like it because we're not making fun of it, we're just watching it. But if, it's, if it sucks, it's just kind of like Mystery Science Theater, but with an anime. And, you know, you, you get the running jokes going. Um... My favorite one with Bleach is when uh, Sato, a, a building was falling and a, a steel beam landed on him and he caught it because he's just like that big strong dude caught the steel beam. And I turned to my brother and I was like, you know, jet fuel can melt steel beams. And he fucking just cracked up. And so every time <laughs> this character is on screen, it's just like, oh, I wonder if he's going to melt any more steel beams like because that's his superpower. In you know, you watch enough like abridged anime where they get those kind of stupid jokes going too, and it just kind of becomes like, how would we abridge this? How would we 
turn what is supposed to be really serious but isn't because it's fucking stupid into you know the the perfect kind of parody of itself kind of thing mm-hmm. i don't know if you have any other examples you want to talk about why well, do i do have my notes uh oh okay so one thing we talked about and uh this is when we were watching fateful findings last week uh you mentioned that maybe we should like record commentary over the movie yeah and i was thinking that kind of sounds fun so we might end up trying that at some point we'd have to so well yeah we have to pick a movie that is easy for people to get a hold of but yeah i'd be down that's for that. why i chose a talking cat which you can find on youtube oh hooray and that sounds a talking awful. cat is a straight to dvd family movie about a talking cat that solves people's problems and it, uh, I think if you close your eyes, you probably have a mental image of what that looks like. Yeah, and you're very, very wrong. Is it like uh, a? Is it like a CG cat? Is it a dude in a costume? Nope. Nope. It's it's a cat that just kind of walks around. Um the the so voice two point five out of ten on IMBD. Yeah. Um, the voice of the cat was. Uh, I think he recorded it on his phone in the bathroom because there's a really? weird echo and you can't understand it sometimes. Oh, and no, the all cat's really cute the like, poster. Oh, it's a good cat. Um, in every scene where the cat's like sitting down and talking, you can see the laser pointer or the cat food they used to keep it on set. Oh, really? Uh, and it just every line is like, well, I'm a talking cat. That's right. You're listening to me. That's why I'm here. I'm a talking cat. I don't recognize anyone in the cast. You wouldn't. Um. Uh. Well, you might. I don't want to judge. Christian, but the director sounds a little familiar. The director and some of the cast, uh, historically have only done pornography. Oh, wonderful. And you can tell in the directing style because the set design is very uh, bare and there's lots of room to work with. And the acting and the way they deliver lines is very, uh, oh, where is this going? Which is creepy because most of the lines are like a father and son talking or a mother and daughter talking. So it's like, is this a family movie? Where are they? Okay, it is. This stopped. And it's... It's very, very strange. <laughs> it sounds pretty fun. I, I'm definitely down it for it. It is fun. I think you could actually sit through the whole thing. It's not quite Fateful Findings confusing. So, what do you think of movies like... Um, cause I'm, I'm scrolling through like a list of bad movies. Um, like Sharknado. Like these ones that are kind of like made to be... Oh, this movie's terrible, but you know, bombastic those, enough for people are people are going to watch it. Those are fun... In their own way. I think, uh, like, Sharknado is a very good example because they knew what they're doing. But that also means you can't really dissect it. Like, there's no bad acting choices where you think, oh, wow, that's the only person they could get. It's just kind of like, haha, it's one of these. Oh. So I would, I mean, you can enjoy Sharknado for the same reasons, but I honestly get more out of Fateful Findings. Sure. Because I really scratch my head, you know? <laughs> what do you, um, have you seen, you've probably seen Evil Dead 3. Mm, actually, no. That's on my to-do list. So that's a weird movie, um, because I, it's one of those where the first two Evil Dead movies are like these classic horror movies on a shoestring budget, and, you know, Sam Raimi and, and all that really, I, I haven't seen them, but, you know, they're supposed to be really good. But my neighbor's like, no, you really gotta watch the third one. Because now it's not a horror movie. It's like this really fucking goofy, almost fantasy. But it, right. it, it's one of those, it knows it's in on the joke. And there's some actually pretty decent like stop motion in there. And you're watching this. Yeah, and you, Those movies are perfect because there's a cheese factor to it. Yeah. Like, but I don't think you can call it bad. No. and I, I, It's that, like, oh, yeah, they did it. And I don't know, like even like Escape from New York also comes to mind where it's such a cheesy yeah. ass 80s movie. 
and I feel like it it's not bad, it's stupid, but it's also stupid in the way most cheesy 80s action movies are. Well, and it's funny, too, you just reminded me, uh, I think I talked about it last time, but the Super Mario Brothers movie, where it's just, it's this bizarre kind of, they did the cyberpunk grunge movie that is unlike what you've seen before, and it's like, hey, let's maybe celebrate that they created something worthwhile, even though they maybe got some of the names wrong. Yeah. Um, God, even like Predator. Like, I love Predator. I don't... I, I sometimes have a hard time calling that a good movie. Just because it's oh, so... Really? It's so stupidly machismo. I don't like most of the characters are very good. There's not a lot of character development. They're just kind of their one-off tropes. Everyone's shooting from the hip. And the redeeming factor is it's got a fucking awesome monster. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it. It's funny. Um, I think Predator is a, a great summation of those crummy movies. But it's the only one that's actually done well. Yeah. Because there's actually, like, there's smart foreshadowing and and cinematography and the effects are just right. And it's like, you actually feel uh, actual danger at points. Yeah, it just, it takes a bit yeah. for it to kick in. Because, like, when they when it opens up and all the, they're, they're storming that, you know, uh, the gorilla base or whatever it is, the... And shooting everybody, and there's one-liners, and it's every like I said, everyone's shooting from the hip, and you got that one dude with a big machine gun, and he's just going back and forth, and it's so ridiculous, and I feel like not in a way that I particularly like. And then, but you got that, you got the predator in the background, you know what's going on, what's this thing, you know, he's zooming in with the infrared, and once all that kicks in, it gets you know really, pretty pretty good, I think. But there's just so much to that movie that surrounds the good stuff that just isn't i don't think very good i want to classify that as a good movie but i think that speaks a lot more about me than it does predator sure it it always rubbed me the wrong way too that people would shit on predator 2 where i think predator 2 has a more interesting locale more interesting characters and it does more interesting things to the predator as a monster like to me, that is a better, a, a good sequel. A better, it's better than the first one. It just it doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. You know, I'm thinking now, and I don't think I've ever actually watched Predator Two. I'd give Predator Two a look. I, I, I think that's a pretty solid movie. Okay. One of the things I like about it, though, is because I used to play Aliens with Predator Two a lot, and so some of the really neat gadgets show up in Predator Two, and then you get to use them in the video game. So almost have a, a connection to that movie because of that. I really wish they did an alien movie with more of those like animals based on the Kenner toys. That'd be pretty cool. I love the bull dude. Yeah. That's a threatening looking monster. I would like that. Oh, here's a bad movie I like. The extended version of The Hobbit. Because <laughs> it has a lot more singing, and like singing dwarves is kind of what the Hobbit is actually about. Yeah, it's like get you know tone down the Legolas and bring up the singing dwarves, and this, there's like a singing troll, and it's like yes, yes, man, those poor Hobbit movies. I'd like to say like there was good <laughs> intentions behind it, but there really wasn't. It was just no. Funny. <laughs> It was like Lord of the Rings the most successful thing ever. Well, when in Rome. Yep. Or like the uh, the Warcraft movie. Um, well, I mentioned Piccolo before for DBZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor that played Gul'dan in the Warcraft movie. Uh, he, he was offered the role. And what was funny was he was going to give up acting for a little bit. He had to take a break. Because his wife had just uh, given birth to their first child, and they're gonna like, you know, just be a, a stay at home couple for a year, um, and just be really like extra supportive and get through it that way. Sure. So he gets offered the part for Gul'dan, like, hey, do you want to interview for this? We're gonna do a Warcraft movie. So he's like, well, give me a minute, and he goes and calls his wife, and so, and he's like, hey, uh, honey, um, I was just offered an interview, and I'm gonna take it. You said you were gonna come home. What are you doing? It's well, no, I I get to play Gul'dan in the Warcraft movie. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Don't say no to that. Go do it. Nice. Because they're both 
so big Warcraft fans, and it's like you know you you really have to get people that care about yeah. the uh, the project. And I think to bring it back to like these bad movies, when it's made in your backyard, you know that everyone on board cared. Yeah, and I think that might be part of what's naturally enjoyable because I notice uh like neither one of us brought up that Will Smith movie where they crash on earth and there's like a tiger or something oh, and, and Jaden yeah. Smith is running around that's not a that's not a bad movie you want to watch no because it's it's so bland they just don't care like it's bad but you can't make fun of it because nothing's going on yeah like you know like that was like a paycheck for Will Smith because He's like, I'm, I want some more money. I don't buy it. I think boat. it was more a favor to his son. Yeah. It's like, hey, I, I, Junior, I will get you an acting role. And then he said, what if the stars aren't really stars? That Then what are constellations? And he's like, I hate you, son. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, we talked a good while. Yep. But yeah, I mean, oh, man. Bad movies are one of my favorite things. I definitely so don't. I'm glad we did this episode. Yeah, I definitely don't see a whole lot of them. I, I, it's one of those things where... You have to be in, a, I think, a specific mindset to go into one of those kinds of movies. You really do. And there's only so many hours in a day. You know, it's like, do I want to watch Fateful Findings or do I want to watch Moonlight? And it's like, well, I'd prefer to watch Moonlight because that won an Oscar. It's about all these important issues. The acting's phenomenal, blah, 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 blah. There's no real plot, but what are you going to do? I will ask for my money back. Oh, I don't have to. I got my movie pass today. Oh, nice. I am so excited. I'm going to start watching all the movies that I don't care about, and I'm just going to walk out halfway through and go, not worth my time, and I'll affix my monocle just so. You still have to drive there and back, you know? Uh, well, actually, uh, my work is like right across the street from a mall with a theater in it. Oh, never mind. So it's like I can just, if I had a bad day at work, it's like, oh, I guess I'm going to watch that My Little Pony movie after all. Yeah, I'll have to wait till that hits YouTube. Never did talk about the Equestria Girls movies. Oh. <laughs> oh would you define those as bad movies you like to watch? No, they're just bad. Torture yourself. And I don't know why I watch them, but whenever there's a new one, I'm like, oh, wait till it's on YouTube, and I'll fucking watch it. And I'm like, why did I do that? How many are there now? Like fucking four. I have seen zero of those. The first one is the best one, and the first one's pretty bad. Oh. Oh. And they just get progressively worse. Like, the the character writing on them is so terrible. And it's like, what's the big stereotype for all the characters? That will just be their motivation for an hour and a half. Yeah, can you be motivated for an hour and a half on farming apples? No, and that's the problem. Like, they're, it's so stupid. Because in the show, the characters are fairly three-dimensional. Season seven, not so much. Um, and then the movies, they're just, they're not. And the third one is the worst of them all because it's it's the human version of Twilight, not from Ponyville coming over. And so she gets to be the villain, but you can tell the writers didn't want to make her the villain because she's still Twilight. So instead, they just make her really fucking stupid while also going, no, she's Twilight. She's really smart. And it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. That's uh, going back to paychecks. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's a sad note. It, let's, it uh, is. Let's let's bring it up with uh, ad space. No, not that's glad space. Glad that's space. That's how it works. You can't do anything right. <laughs> glad space. Brought to you by what? What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a uh, local wine from Door Peninsula, uh, Wisconsin. It's nice. a razzle dazzle raspberry. It's very good. Ooh. I'm not drinking anything. Maybe that's the why I don't feel so good right now. Oh, I'm sorry. You should you should go do a shot. I don't have anything in my house at the moment. Ah, uh, bummer. Oh well, I'll plan better next week. Um, but Glad Space, I want to recommend a podcast called The Flop House. Do you, have you ever heard them? Nope. Oh. So they they review movies, but they target movies that are bad. Okay. So kind of assuming, oh, this isn't going to work out so well. And uh, it's actually, what's the word? It's not amateurish because they're actually very funny people. Um, They're ex-Daily Show writers. Oh. In fact, if you go through the backlog, it it predates their employment at the Daily Show. So it's fun to follow their career 
because the one guy actually becomes the head writer and wins an Emmy and then holds it over the other two guys for a while. <laughs> uh, but they're all just super smart. They've actually written for both DC and Marvel. Um, like they, they understand fan culture in a way that most people don't. Oh, nice. And they understand movies because they work with movies professionally. Okay. So when they review these bad movies, they're calling out stuff that you might not notice and they're always correct to complain about it. Oh, cool. And they're always funny while they're doing it. And uh, these guys are actually the ones that introduced me to Fateful Findings. That sounds like a good podcast to listen to if, like, if you wanted to make a movie, because you'd learn so many things not to do. Well, you would. Like, they, they pretty much have a, a rating system at the end where they ask if the movie was uh, bad, bad, good, bad, or you kind of liked it. And they always really explain, like, you know, with this movie, you could laugh with your friends while you're watching it. So, yeah, go ahead and watch Fateful Findings because it's fascinating. And then they'll do uh, um, Gods of Egypt, and it's like, oh, I did see that movie. That that movie's kind of something special. It's it's weird. They took a weird concept. It's not that... good, but I don't know if it's terrible. It's. I think it depends on what you expect when you sit down to watch it. Yeah, I'm pretty. It sh- might not rub you the wrong way. There was a because I I, I I watched that off a of Meg sixty four conversation where someone reads like stage direction. Yes. <laughs> and I can't. And that's remember what that's the, the line was. It, well, it was something like he's he's looking down at somebody, and he says like, "What a futile attempt!" I look down with anger. No, I, I don't think it was quite that blatant. It was definitely something like that, though. It was along those lines. I wish I could remember the specific. Like, I, I feel like he. I think it was like he's like, haha, laughs. Haha, <laughs> jubilation. Yeah, it was something. It was something fucking. Or it's like, did, was that the word or? It, it, man, I remember having kind of a fun time with that movie though, just because I I went in with just no expectations other than it's it's supposed to be terrible, but maybe it'll be fun. I think it just didn't grab my attention because I honestly can't remember. I don't remember what happened. Like the plot or... <laughs> I think there was a spaceship at some point and they were shooting at like the moon. Well, yeah. I mean, they turn into robots. Like that's what that's what Egyptian gods are is like just Voltrons. Yeah, apparently. God, that's a fucking weird movie. Yeah, I don't know. Listeners, so, if you're bored, go, go watch Gods of Egypt. <laughs> is that your recommendation for Glad Space? No, I, maybe. I, I can never... I never. I always think of something beforehand, and then I fucking forget what it's supposed to be. So I'm just like, "Oh, what am I glad about?" And then I'm looking at like around my room, and it's like, "Oh, I have a cool Godzilla toy. I'm glad I have that from when I was four. Well, yeah, there you go, Godzilla. Yeah, it's like ancient. I'm glad about Godzilla. Needs to be repainted in parts. It's definitely played with. It's one of the few toys that I've like hung on to. Like all my other toys are recently purchased because they're you know Marvel figures or alien figures or whatever. But like that one, no, that one, uh. That one's seen some shit. So, I guess I'm glad about that toy. I'm, yeah, I'm glad about nostalgia. Well, let's go real fucking big and vague and stupid there. Like, I know <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's terrific. Oh, man. I kind of hate this segment because it's so hard. I, I should be glad well, about that's... more things. And you know, this segment is actually something I learned from the Flophouse, is uh, they always end every episode with something that they recommend. Okay. And for a while, they introduced the segment as, to prove to you guys that we aren't just hateful jerks that pick on people, we're going to find something that we actually like. And then they kind of struggle for a while. Sure. And it's just kind of like, it's become one of my favorite parts of the show, because it's like, hey... You can't just keep complaining because you get into a bad habit of uh, looking for the worst thing. Yeah, that's I, I, I like that's how Twitter works. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. Part of the part of the thing, I'm just so fucking like cynical sometimes. Where it's like, what am I glad about? It's like I don't know. Maps are great. I feel like I've talked about that one. I should make a list of all the things I've talked about on this. So I don't repeat myself. Have you seen that uh that wiki how on how to hunt deer? No. And there's. WikiHow pictures are great. Yeah, they are. And there's a part where after you shoot the deer, how to like tie its, uh, you tie the antlers together so you can like fasten it to your car. Sure. Or your truck. 
and for some reason the caption is like it's a close-up of the dead deer like uh it's just like lying there on the ground and it's a close-up of the deer's face and the caption it reads uh the deer's problems are over now try not to be too jealous (laughs) and i don't find that very helpful no but i like it and i like you Our good friend Cameron. I'm gonna stop recording. Yep. Goodbye, everyone. And I'm gonna edit this so heavily. <laughs> <laughs>